Ashley Callard. I'm the Communications and Engagement Manager at Governors for Schools and I'm pleased to be hosting this episode focused on a topic that is very close to everyone's heart at Governors for Schools and that's volunteering as a school governor. To help us on our journey, I'm delighted to welcome to the studio three very special guests. Dr Fushba is a Governor at Primary School at Rosty Primary in Wrexham, Lecturer in Business, Strategic Marketing and Human Resources Management at Wrexham Glyndor University. Andrew Dowsett, who's a Chartered Accountant at Ernest & Young and a Governor at the United Colleges Group. And finally, Governors for Schools' very own Emma Harris, who's Head of Governor Recruitment. Emma is a Governor at a primary school in Stockport, where she is an Inclusion Link Governor. Pushpa, Andrew and Emma, welcome to the Governors for Schools podcast. I'm so thankful to have you all on the podcast today. And at Governors for Schools, it is really clear that we are passionate about school governance. It permeates everything that we do. And for us, being a school governor is a really important and vital part of school life. But I think for me, what I'm really excited about today is that our listeners get a chance to hear from you personally about your experiences of being a school governor. Now, our focus today is volunteering, and some of our listeners may be thinking about volunteering and wondering, why should I be a school governor? What is it all about? Why is it such a great thing? And how can I get involved? So to kick us off, I wonder, Emma, could you tell us a little bit about what a governor is? Yes, absolutely, Ashley. Happy to. So a school governor is a volunteer. They work at strategic level rather than operational. So it's not about going to hear the children read. You might do that as an addition, but your actual governor role is strategic. It's about working with the head teacher and senior leadership team, working with the rest of the board to set a coherent strategic vision for the school. So what do you want to achieve for every pupil? providing that challenge and that support to the senior leadership as well to make sure that there's robust and effective governance and overseeing finances to make sure that money's spent in line with the strategic vision and that the school remains sustainable. Um, you get the opportunity to get involved in so many different areas as a side to those three core strands. But um, yeah, it's a very enjoyable volunteer role. Thanks, Emma. It sounds like there's a very wide element of responsibilities uh, within a governor role. I wonder, Pushpa, could we bring you in? What made you decide to become a school governor? Um, I have been very passionate about working um, in education for a long time. And uh, the timing was perfect. The opportunity was there. And um, so I put myself up uh, to, to volunteer. Um, and I have not looked back since because it's been such a rewarding experience. I work with an amazing group, an amazing team um, of, of people at the, at the school. And I have also been able to impart some of my knowledge and my skills and share uh, in the responsibility of a good governance at the school. Pushpa, there's so much to pick there and I think lots of things that we can follow on throughout this podcast today. So excited to hear more. Andrew, I wonder, why did you become a governor? So uh, the reason I decided to become a governor, um, first and foremost, was that I've always been interested in helping improve the lives and outcomes of students in my local area. Um, but the thing that sort of catalyzed um, me becoming a governor in the first place was I remember back in 2018, there was an article on the BBC News and it just said simply that there weren't enough governors volunteering in the United Kingdom. And at the end of the article, after reading what governors do and how they get involved, there was a link to Governors for Schools. And I followed that link and... I think it all just kicked off from there and that's how my journey started. Well we're very pleased that you did and 
I mean, you're completely right, Andrew. On our books, we've got thousands of vacancies across boards in England and Wales. And it's just so important that people know that governance is one, a volunteering opportunity, but two, it's a really important and really worthwhile opportunity as well. I wonder if you could both tell me a little bit more about your experience as a governor so far. It seems like you both have got lots of skills and you're doing it for lots of different reasons from giving back and, you know, contributing your skills and gaining new ones. But what's your experience been like so far? Andrew, should we start with you? So my experience so far um, as a school governor has been a very rewarding one and very exciting. It's enabled me to use my skills that I've uh, brought from my chartered accounting career at Ernst & Young um, to improve the lives of the students. So primarily I've been responsible for the financial oversight of the school, being able to hold uh, senior leaders to account, scrutinise the accounts and see where we can find efficiencies, savings and uh, most importantly reinvest that uh, in pupil outcomes and student experience. And that is in a nutshell, something I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the other side about my experience of a governor is not just the meetings, but being able to involve myself in the in the life of the pupils and the students there. So being able to go in, understand what their educational experiences is, visiting the classrooms, understanding really what they want out of their time in the classroom, and then being able to bring that back to the board and implement those changes. So it sounds like you've been very busy then, lots of things. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> And Pushpa, how's your experience as a governor been so far? Um, it's been uh, nothing short of amazing. Um, and uh, what what I, I feel that it has brought to the table is um, strategic planning uh, is key because you are putting together the vision of the school um, and looking at ways where it can best benefit the community, the school uh, and the students at the school. Um, it's also being able to manage uh, conflict within the stakeholders, the various stakeholders uh, in the community. Um, and, you know, working out what, what works best uh, for the children involved. Um, the other thing is to also have uh, financial management because the budgeting is done um, at certain times of the year and they're, they're working within a very, um, you know, very tight budget. So finding, you know, what are the best ways that the money can be utilized to benefit uh, the students at the school is key. Um, so those are the main things that uh, I would say uh, that, you know, we are most proud of, you know, coming up with good solutions or best practices um, at the meetings that we attend. I mean, on the topic of meetings, because that is, um, a, you know, an important part of governance and one of the kind of key ways that you can fulfil your duty, although not the only way. But meetings are important. So can you tell me a little bit more about kind of the meetings that you go to? How do they operate? What are they like? Um, the meetings are normally an hour long um, and uh, the meetings at the uh, at Rosty Primary School is usually on a Tuesday from uh, 6 to 7 p.m. Um, the, uh, I believe the secretary sends us uh, an agenda uh, one week beforehand. So, uh, you know, it, it's all very well uh, managed and, and we have time to read through uh, the minutes of the meeting and the agenda that's to come um, and make notes as we see fit and to bring up various points where we feel um, needs more clarification. 
Um, so the, the way the meetings start is, you know, we normally go through the minutes of the meeting from the previous week uh, and make sure that everyone is comfortable with uh, everything that has occurred. Then we move on to the present agenda. Um, we go through, you know, each section methodically, um, you know, ask if there's any questions, is everybody in agreement? And usually uh, there are quite a few questions uh, which prop up from those. And um, we end with uh, looking at, you know, what we are working towards or what we would like to achieve in the next meeting. So it's, 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 it's done in a, in a very uh, methodical way and um, uh, everybody gets to contribute in terms of their skills and expertise. Um, and I believe uh, it's handled very well. That's great to hear. Andrew, how often do you have meetings in your school? So our meetings are usually at least termly. Um, I think there's almost two ways to, to segregate out the um, frequency of meetings. So usually um, in school governance, you'll have a main board meeting, which will cover all aspects of the school, which, as I said, usually happens every term uh, or more frequently if there's um, big issues that are going on, you know, that needs addressing. Um, but the other side of that is usually governors are assigned a subcommittee. So um, at the United Colleges Group, we've got an audit committee, a finance committee, a people and resources, an education committee, and um, a, a few others. And therefore, where governors are assigned a responsibility on one of those, um, they will also meet termly and report into the main board um, at the main at the main meetings so depending how you get involved will almost ultimately govern how often you meet um because the more active you are the more subcommittees you're interested in you'll get to have more or less meetings depending uh, which ones you choose i think you raise a really good point andrew and that governors can take on more responsibility i wonder if either of you have any additional responsibilities as a governor for example are either of you a link governor so in terms of additional responsibilities, at the uh, school where I was formerly a governor, I took on the role um, firstly as chair of finance and then secondly as chair of governors. Um, and each one of those, as you can imagine, the chair of finance is responsible for overseeing the financial performance of the school and takes on a closer look at both the uh, internal operations of finance and the external um, support that we get through our external um, auditors and making sure those reports are correct. Um, and the same is true at the United Colleges Group where I've just joined, where I'm uh, primarily sitting on their audit committee and it's very much the same function it's holding the finance committee to account and scrutinizing the performance and almost monthly management accounts to making sure that we've got the cash flow and got the financial resources to keep going for well as long as the school wishes to keep its uh, students so it's almost a very important role but it means that you can choose as a governor which bits as, as a child accountant that's where my skills are so that's where i've um invested the majority of my additional time. Andrew, so you mentioned being a chair. That's a great example of another type of responsibility as a governor that you can take on. So as well as being a link governor where you can take special accountability and responsibility in certain areas, you could be what's called a vice chair or a chair, which means that you can take on added responsibility for the organisation and logistics of the bigger meetings themselves. So as a volunteer, you have an opportunity to really diversify your experience as well. And there's lots of different opportunities within governance that you can get involved with. Meetings we've just spoke about are an important part of governance, but they're not the only part. There are other things as a governor that you can do, for example, going into schools. Pushpa, have you ever had an opportunity to go into school? And if so, what was it like? Um, yes, I've had an opportunity to go into the school um, and it was to uh, view uh, during the Christmas, Christmas season. 
um, and uh, to to see you know how children uh, you know took on their roles uh, in in various activities, um, and it it was delightful to see um, you know the effort that had gone into uh, you know plays and things like that. So very rewarding. I think going into school can be a great way to raise your visibility as a governor and to show who you are to the school community. And I think that's one of the nice things about being a governor is that as a volunteer, you're there to help and being able to go into school events and show your support can be a big morale boost to the staff and the students because, you know, working in schools can be a real challenge and there's lots of difficulties and challenges that are facing the sector at the minute. But as a governor, you're going in there purely as a volunteer to offer your support and getting to do events, going along to assemblies. I know, Emma, you were at an assembly recently, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I went in to deliver an assembly about what does community mean and what does volunteering mean and hopefully inspire the next generation of uh, school governors. And it was genuinely life affirming to see all of the infants sat there kind of listening to every word and some of the answers that they gave were just fantastic. It was thoroughly enjoyable and a really good opportunity to see all the great work that we hear about at board meetings, to see all of that in action. Well, I'm really pleased that you've had the opportunity to do that. And I'm really looking forward to having the chance to do that myself as a governor. Um, I'm due to go into school very shortly to deliver a session around community as well. So it'll be nice to get into school and see lots of smiling faces and staff. I wonder, some of our listeners might be thinking, well, what skills do I need? What would I have to do to be a governor? Emma, are there any kind of key skills that people who want to be a governor need to possess? Yeah, so when a school registers a vacancy with us, quite often they will have a skill set in mind. That can be things like finance, HR, data analysis, health and safety. It really is very, very broad. Um, Obviously, they've already got education lists on their board, but some schools are looking for um, a different kind of side of that experience as well. Lots of schools come to us as well where they've got actually quite balanced boards and what they need is somebody additional, but somebody from outside of the school who can bring a different perspective to the table. So somebody who can bring that objectivity. I think what's really core in terms of the skills that you need to be a governor, if we move away from the kind of career related, you know, finance, HR side of things, it's more about having the ability to ask questions, to be curious, um, definitely being able to make that commitment and to be able to champion the school and to really enjoy working with a diverse range of people because on your board you'll have parents, you'll have staff, you'll have other governors that might not have a connection to the school and you really want to you know, enjoy and thrive upon working collaboratively with the rest of that board. I think that's really key. Can I just jump in on that as well, uh, Emma? Um, what I found uh, recently, I mean, I uh, am a, a safeguarding governor as well, um, and I didn't know much about it at all, but um, they have uh, they have had three uh, online sessions so far, two two-hour sessions, and I've learned so much from just my interaction with you know other governors, and learning about the safeguarding policies because they are constantly being updated on on a yearly basis. So the wealth of knowledge you acquire uh, just from these sessions is incredible. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. You know, the vast majority of people that we place onto governing boards, they've not been governors before. Um, and there is so much support there. Obviously, like your school will provide lots of additional training. We've got loads of training that people can tap into. So nobody should be put off by not having governance or education experience because that can all be learned. Absolutely. And I think sometimes there's a bit of a misconception that you have to be a parent or have had children at school. And that's not the case, is it, Emma? No, absolutely not. So um, we know that currently there are more governors over 80 than under 30. So we definitely want to try and move away from that idea that you have to be a parent already. You have to have children at the school. You don't have to have children. You don't have to have worked in education and you just need to be aged 18 or above. So we really welcome applications from people from the the whole wealth of um, experience in the community. And I think it's important to remember as well that Schools aren't looking for a finished product. You'll develop so many skills during a governance journey. I wonder, Pushpa Andrew, have either of you had an opportunity to develop skills? I know Pushpa, you mentioned about safeguarding, um, which is a great example of having a chance to really you know, develop those skills on the job. What I felt is that um, although I did uh, have you know, things like leadership skills, it has enhanced uh, what I already was doing um, you know, in, in job-wise. Um, and, you know, put it all together because you're working with so many different or diverse group of stakeholders. So uh, you have to be very respectful of, you know, everyone's opinion. And some people are very passionate about doing things a certain way and uh, come together uh, and to realize what is the best policy to adapt for the school and for the uh, students who go to that school. And uh, sometimes that can be a challenge. But, um, you know, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, all of us realize we are there for the betterment of the community as well as uh, the school and the children. And Andrew, how does your experience compare? So I think the different ways that you um, sort of build your skills from being a governor um, is probably when you think of like your soft skills and then kind of applying sort of more your, I say, technical skills um, as, as time goes on. So in terms of, say, the soft skills so as chair of governors, you learn almost very quickly how to chair a board meeting, which is applicable not just as a school governor, but as you go, say, as a chartered accountant into industry or presenting to our clients, we have to do those very same skills. And, and the same with public speaking. So um, I've had similar experiences to Emma and Pushpa where you go in and lead assemblies. Um, I remember when King Charles visited um, our school, I had to introduce him to our students. And, and that requires a certain level of public speaking and being able to confidently address sort of very senior people. He's probably the most senior per- person in the country. So you've got to kind of build those skills up. And then in terms of your, say, technical skills. So um, as a financial um Sorry, as someone from a finance background and sitting on the finance committee, we have to make sure that we understand the technical accounting standards for the presentation of the accounts. We have to present to the auditors our understanding of these technical um, accounts and being able to understand what we're signing off when we sign these accounts and submit them, not just to company's house, but to the, the Department for Education. So that's building up those technic- that technical knowledge. And you can take that I can take that technical accounting knowledge with me anywhere. I will apply that to schools. I will apply it to companies, and that's very useful because in my day job, I do, I do banks. But you know, those are the usual companies we audit. But at a school, it's very different to a bank. But you still have to learn those different technical areas, and then I can bring that wherever I go and in any industry that we audit or do financial accounting for in the future. 
So lots of opportunity for skill development. And I just want to unpick a little bit about what you said, Pushpa, about challenges, because I think it's important to our listeners that we do talk about challenges. Governance can present challenges, but there's a lot of support and training available to be able to upskill yourself to a point that you're comfortable dealing with whatever comes your way as a governor. But I wonder, are there any challenges that you faced within your role as a governor? Um, the, the challenges that I faced um, were basically time management, uh, you know, being a little bit more organized in terms of managing my time um, and also in terms of um, understanding the education landscape because um, it, it is a very complex, uh, you know, in terms of policies and, and obligations that the schools need to follow. And to literally put everything together and make it workable and practical and also to be able to realize the school's vision, uh, which is uh, uh, key uh, to overcoming these challenges. But apart from that, I think if you're dedicated and you, know, and you want to see the best in, in terms of what um, comes out of all the meetings that you've had, uh, go in with a positive attitude, with, uh, with a big smile, and everybody is happy to work with you, you know, to, to, to make it a reality and to make it beneficial. Yeah. Absolutely agree. I think having that positive attitude is so important. Going in with a smile and just knowing that if you don't know the answer, everyone will work together to get it. Andrew, how about yourself? Have you had any challenges within your role as a governor? I was thinking the greatest challenge, I think, for any school, um, but especially as um, with my background at the finance sides of schools, is almost breaking even. A school is funded centrally from the government. You get a fixed amount per pupil. And with that, you've got to have great educational outcomes and improve outcomes with GCSEs and also even pay pay staff and keep up with the cost of living inflation increases. And, and there's lots of, therefore, cost pressures on a school. And the greatest challenge is being able to take them all on, cover them, and then be able to provide a great educational experience for the children. And at the London Enterprise Academy and United Colleges Group, um, I'd like to think that we do that. Um, but it's it's a very, it's an ongoing challenge, and it would always be a challenge, I think, in the education sector. It's not a sector that's sort of flush with, with capital or cash, and we've got to use that cash to the best ability that we can for the benefit of our students and pupils one of the core functions of governance. Emma, how about you? Have you experienced any challenges with being a governor? Yeah, I mean, the one that I'm thinking of very much ties in with what Andrew's been saying, and this is a a previous school where I was governor, not where I am currently, but we had to make some really tough decisions regarding keeping that school sustainable. and you know they they weren't made they weren't made lightly, those decisions, we had to go to panels, we had to involve unions. But although they were really difficult decisions to make, they did make sure that the school remained sustainable and that the children there were still receiving a good level of education. Um, And so that was really tough. I've never had to deal with making kind of strategic decisions about employment before. Um, But it did feel satisfying to have worked with the rest of the board and their, their leadership to be able to come to a satisfactory conclusion that meant the school could continue um, supporting children. That sounds challenging, Emma, but great to see that you've overcome it and you've been able to support the children along the way. I think for me, one of the biggest challenges that I found was imposter syndrome. And I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but for me, I became a governor in my mid-20s, I'll say, and I kind of felt, gosh, 
can I really take a seat at this table? What can I contribute and offer? But I think, although that was my biggest challenge, in a way, that's been my biggest growth area, because I've found that my board has been really welcoming, has valued my opinions, and I've had so many opportunities to learn from new perspectives and new ideas that actually now, going into my fifth year of governance now, I feel much more confident and I feel able to support newer governors and their transition and role into governance as well. So for me, that was a really big challenge, but I'm glad I overcame it. But moving on to some of the uh, more exciting things, what's the biggest benefit that you've found from being a governor? For me, it was getting more confidence. Pushpa, what about you? Um, making a positive impact because, um, you know, when you're there, it, uh, the, the role is an, an extremely important one because you're contributing your knowledge, your skills, and you're also listening to other people's contributions and how they can uh, make a difference. So that I felt was my biggest benefit. Angie, what about your experience? I think the most rewarding thing, I think, being a, a school governor is is seeing the outcomes for the pupils and seeing where they end up. Um, you'll hear, or we, I hear um, as chair of governors, I did hear as chair of governors, in, you know, after a couple of years, once they've gone on and done their GCSEs, where they've ended up. And it's always very exciting to hear back as a chair of governors where they have ended up. Um, some of them have ended up in the big four chartered accounting firms like me, and that's probably, I'm very biased, but that's probably the most exciting thing I could think of. Um, but beyond that, we've had people who have gone on to Russell Group Universities, to Oxford and Cambridge. We had someone who competed in the Olympics for their home country. And that's just incredibly rewarding. And I think that's, uh, I'd almost see it as a benefit as well, because we're here to improve the lives of um, the people in our local area um, through education. And, and I just think it's a great, um, rewarding and satisfying thing when you hear that these things have happened. Um, and it's because of the work that uh, we all have done as school governors. Absolutely. And if any of our listeners are wanting to get involved in that and to be able to be part of that community and make those changes just like all of we are doing. Emma, how can people get involved? How can you become a school governor? Thanks, Ashley. So, yeah, we've got lots and lots of governor vacancies across the whole of England and Wales. So we really value anybody coming forward who would like to become a school governor. What you would need to do if you're interested is go to our website, which is www.governorsforschools.org.uk. And you will be able to read more about the role and read more about other people's experience as a governor. And then you can start your application with this. When you complete your application, you're going to Give us a bit of background about your, you know, yourself and your motivation. Why do you want to get involved? What kind of skills you think you can share? And you'll tell us about any preferences you've got in terms of the phase of education you want to support. One of our team will then match you with a the school. They'll suggest that school to you. You can say yes or no. You know, you'd have a kind of brief look to see whether it was a good fit. But if you're interested, we'd make introductions with the school and you'll go and have that initial conversation. If that conversation makes you realise that's not the opportunity for you, that is also fine. You come back to us. Um, but our people are really good at matching you with schools. So in most cases, you would then progress. If the school was happy, you'd usually observe a governing board meeting. So again, it just gives you a little bit more context about the school that you're going into. And then in most cases, your appointment is voted on 
and you have a DBS check. So that's usually the process. Depending on where you are in the country and what sort of preferences you've put down on your application will inform how long the process takes. So if it is that you're in central London and you really want a secondary school, realistically, it's going to take a bit longer to find you a, a good match than if you're open to any phase of education and you live somewhere like Birmingham or Durham or Manchester or uh, most other places, really. Um as I said, we do have lots of vacancies, but we will talk to you about how long we think it will take you to, to be matched with a school. And um, Pushpa, I wonder, do you have any advice for people who are thinking of becoming a school governor? Um, I would say, um, you know, talk to people um, who are uh, current school governors, if, if you're able to uh, do your research, go to the website, uh, listen to you know, podcasts like these, and um, you know, make up your mind whether this is something that uh, you can realistic uh, realistically take on. Uh, you know, uh, are you are you able to dedicate your your time uh, to such a worthy cause? And um, if you if you do decide it's something that uh, it, it is for you, then you're going to find it extremely rewarding. Thank you, and Andrew. Any advice for our listeners today? I think my advice is to go for it is the short answer. I think what people, touching on what you talked about before, people almost have a bit of an imposter syndrome thinking, why am I becoming a school governor? And I started the same as you in my 20s. And the idea of a governor isn't to tell the teachers how to teach better. It's not to tell the headmaster how to be a head, better headmaster. It's about using the skills you've gained externally to improve the outcomes of the students. So coming back to the fact that I've been a chartered accountant, that doesn't give me the authority to tell the teacher how to be a better teacher. It gives me the ability to help the financial function improve outcomes and be able to sort of be a critical friend and challenge. And therefore, if that's what's holding people back, I my advice to them is to simply apply. And, and as Emma's touching on, the application process is very easy. I found it incredibly easy. It's almost the easiest job application in the world. You put your name down, you put your skills down. And then as Emma was saying, I received a number of offers from different schools in my local area. And I found one that matched. And then she's described the process from there. And that's almost the total opposite of every job application I think everyone's ever done, where you've got to send off thousands of applications and wait for results. But it means that with the benefit of governors for schools, you can just go for it. And, and I've said it in a roundabout way, but I think the key take-home message for anyone who's listening is simply put your name down, put your skills down. And if there's a school in your area that thinks those skills are what they need to increase the diversity on the board, then they will reach out and Emma will reach out and you'll be able to make a fantastic difference to those who are looking to improve educational outcomes in your area. Thank you, Andrew. And I guess, Emma, what should someone do if they want to become a governor? What are their next steps? What do they need to do straight away after listening to this podcast? So straight away after listening to this, do go and visit that website. So just to give that to you again, it's www.governorsforschools.org.uk. Um, there you'll be able to find the application form. As Andrew said, it's really straightforward. So once you've submitted that, you'll be in touch with your local um, area representative. who will be able to start looking at vacancies for you. Thank you. Pushpa, Andrew, Emma, thank you so much 
for sharing your experiences with our listeners today. And to our listeners, we've really enjoyed bringing our passion for school governance to you. And we hope that you will consider taking on this really rewarding and important role. I really encourage you to reach out to us at Governors for Schools and we hope that we can be of support. We'd be delighted to have you join us again for another Governors for Schools podcast in the future. But until then, thank you for listening and have a lovely day. Bye-bye.